This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. I have a few minutes here, so you're going to have to listen fast. Uh, I think I'm just going to sit down here. I just put down a few little things that um, I think all of us know that a few weeks ago there was a decision by our Supreme Court, a ruling that came down, and Pastor Rob addressed um, many of the, the issues around it, and we, we had a, a handout we passed out, and uh, I was just praying for our nation, and I just wanted to say a, a few things. What's our response as a church? What should we be doing as the body of Christ? And I just put down... Uh, just a few things as the Lord was just leading me. In Psalms 33, 12, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. Blessed is that nation. Now, Hemi would say, this is my nation, and I know God. <laughs> How many know we have power as the righteous, righteousness of God in the earth? We have power in this nation to see things turn to see things change. And one of the things when I was praying, there was like a discouragement trying to come across even the body of Christ that we have no, um, there's nothing that we can do. But I want you to know, there's something that we can do. There's some things that we can do to see this thing change. In Proverbs 14, 34, righteousness exalts the nation, but sin is reproach to any people. Sin always costs, but righteousness always brings the blessing, the favor of God. So what are some things we as a church need to do? And Pastor Ron mentioned this, don't panic. It's one thing. I've heard some people, they're in a panic. The end is here. This thing's over. Not according to Scripture, it's not. The end is not here until every single person on this planet has heard the gospel. There's over 2,000 people's groups that have never heard the name Jesus. We're not close in that area. What about the blood moons? What about the blood moons? It's not what the scripture says is the end. The end of the age comes when this gospel has been spread around the earth. What about the judgment of God? Wrath has been held off. There's a day it will be released... But we're not under the judgment of God. I had somebody tell me, so well, it doesn't matter if it's the judgment of God or we've done it to ourselves. No, there's a huge difference. When it's the judgment of God, you are no longer there. There is no question. I wonder if that's the judgment of God. Is it still standing? Or are they crispy critters? Because when he brings it, it's done. We don't have to go around thinking about it. We know that was a judgment of God. What about these political parties we have? I want you to know God's bigger than both of them. Neither one of them has all the answers. Sometimes you listen to us say they don't have the, any answers. <laughs> but we know the answer. His name is Jesus Christ. What this nation needs is God. So we know the answer. We know the source 
a blessing and help and strength. His name is Jesus. God is bigger. We got to understand the greater one lives within us. Then I started thinking about the Apostle Paul. Do you know Paul lived in one of the most ungodly governments that's ever existed? They're killing off Christians all over the place, yet the gospel flourished during that time. You know the church of Ephesians, they estimate was over 20,000 people. The gospel was still going forth. Government can't stop. No ruling can stop who we are in Christ Jesus. Now I grant you, I like our religious freedoms and liberties because Paul, being in the ungodly government, went through some things. Some imprisonment, some beatings, some different things he went through. I'd rather not have to go through those. But here's the thing, we're still going to preach the gospel. We're still going to stand for righteousness. I've heard of pastors and, and, and churches backing off from the Word of God. We're not backing off. We're going strong with God. So what can we do? Number one is pray. A pastor hasn't come to that. <laughs> Had somebody the other day, I was talking to him, and I said, I've done all I, I, I just don't know what to do. And they go, only thing I know to do is pray. And I said, has it come to that? Oh my gosh. This is horrible. It's... <laughs> Prayer's powerful. Prayer's powerful. God has given us a weapon that we can pray and see things change. Wow. Maybe we need to start praying. Maybe we need to pray for America instead of all our prayers being about I, 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 I. I'm going to sleep, God. Maybe there should be some about other people and this nation. You know, the Scriptures does tell us to pray for those in authority. The battle is not against flesh and blood. God hates sin, but He loves the sinner. God's in love with people. And we have to remember that. Our nation needs prayer. Ephesians 3, verse 14, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit in the inner man. What got me about this, it struck me, this is Paul praying in the midst of an ungodly government. He is praying and believing that God hears his prayers. This is intercessory prayer. He said, I always pray. I always put myself in remembrance of you. There's power in praying for other people. We can bring a change. We can bring influence. Number two, be planted in a church family. 1 Timothy 3.14, these things are right to you. Though I hope to come to you shortly, but if I am delayed, I write so that you may know how you ought to conduct yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of truth. You are not designed to live without God in your life. 
but you're also not designed to live without a church family in your life. You are designed to live and flow with other people. If you want the good life, you got to be connected with God and His family, the people of God. But notice here it says the pillar and ground of truth. Or we could say the pillar and foundation of truth in the earth is the church. Turn to the neighbor and say, that's you. We're the ones that are releasing truth in the earth. We need, we need each other. We need each other. It's a truth that sets people free. That truth that they know, it sets people free. So we still got to present the truth, but we present it in love. What about homosexuality? Is it wrong? Yes, it's wrong. It is a sin. So is adultery. So is gossip. So is overeating. Ouch. Excuse me. As we're getting ready to overeat on some barbecue. Don't you just love that? Sitting down before a feast and somebody brings up fasting. <laughs> or health food. When you're, you see your favorite dessert over there. I'm telling you. That should be a sin. <laughs> what about... What about sin? Let me just tell you this. Homosexual lifestyle takes 20 years off the average homosexual life. 20, they, the average lifespan of a homosexual is 20 years less than the average. Spouse abuse is 100 times greater in homosexuals than heterosexuals. 50, about 50% 50 of homosexuals have 500 or more partners. Sin hurts. It always has. Let me talk about some other things. 68% of men in church regularly look at pornography. That's the estimates. Focus on the family, which works with pastors estimates that 50% of the pastors in America are addicted to pornography. We need to pray. Every day in America, 4,000 abortions take place. Every single day, 4,000 abortions. According to the U.S. Census, 24 million children grow up in America with no father. We got problems. We got issues. What about America's debt? Anybody seen the big debt machine that just keeps on rolling? What about ISIS and things? Groups of people coming against us. The root of all of this is to steal our religious liberties. To stop and silence our voice. But the truth is, that whatever happens, we're not going to be silent. Right. 
Psalms 92, verse 13, Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. Planted there means committed. In the good times and the hard times, planted in a church family. Iron sharpens iron. God works on your heart, works on your life with people that you love. It speaks here, planted doesn't mean a casual relationship. In fact, the Bible says, as that day of the Lord approaches, we should not forsake the gathering of ourselves together. We need, we need each other in light of everything that's going on. We are a team. We play together. We fight together. We win or lose together. We're in this together. I played basketball, and we were a team. If we lost, no one got the blame. The whole team took it. If we won, the whole team took the credit. We are a team. We're in this together. If you're hurting, I'm hurting. Why? Because we're on the same team. We got each other's back. It means I'm not just praying for me. I'm praying for you. I'm lifting you up. I'm believing God for you. People that attend church regularly live longer. Now, I found different things. Some say three years. Some say seven years. If you attend church regularly, they have discovered you live longer. How about that for an uh, ad? You know, live longer, anti-aging, go to church. <laughs> <laughs> they found that there's better marriages and less divorce, those that regularly attend church. They found out that they're happier and wealthier. They found out the church reduces the risk of your children abusing drugs and alcohol. Church dramatically reduces your children's risk of suicide. Church reinforces values of respect, love, service, forgiveness, discipline, and family. Maybe God knew what he was talking about when he said we needed to get together. And hear what he has to say. Number three, be rooted and grounded in love. 1 Peter 2, 17, honor all people. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. You know, it's a choice we make every day not to be offended. It's easy to be offended. I've offended myself before. I remember years ago listening to me preach, and I, I'm offended at that. And I said it. <laughs> it's easy. It's easy. If you get caught up in news, you can get pulled into things that Christians shouldn't go to. We walk in the love of God because God loves people. So we, th we see through Jesus' eyes. That's the reason we can love and accept a homosexual without accepting or approving the lifestyle. I value that person. That's our response is love. There's people that I know are homosexual and I love them. I'm believing for them. I'm praying for them. Number four, vote. Put vote down. <laughs> we need to be involved. We need to prayerfully consider who we're voting for. Christians need to run for office. Rob and I were talking, and he said, why would anybody want to run? 
because your whole past, everything, you're just, your life changes. Well, it, yes, I, I agreed. I hadn't thought of it in that way, but there's a sacrifice, there's a price. But I believe God has, does have some people called to enter office locally and in every phase that are believers that there's a grace on them to walk through that minefield that's out there. Here's the thing, very few, few Christians vote. So there's 80 million self-identified evangelicals. Uh, of this 80 million, one half are registered to vote. One half of those voted are about one quarter. Three quarters are not even voting. We have some responsibilities and we need to vote. And we need to prayerfully consider what they stand for. What they believe in. Reverend Samuel Rodriguez, I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he is, he is a dynamite uh, minister. He said, today's complexity, uh, compl complacency, excuse me, is tomorrow's captivity. And that's true. So we need to vote. He said we need to vote as people of the cross. The Lamb's agenda, not man's agenda. Number five, be salt and light. Matthew 5.13, you are salt of the earth. But if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? Is in good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. world there is the world system. You're the light of the world system. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. What does salt do? Salt preserves. Salt is preservative. Salt makes bland conditions. It changes them. It, it brings something from God. His, his principles. His life. Salt. We're called to be salt, but it says if you lost your saltedness, you're good for nothing. So I, I thought about calling the, this last point, be the real deal. Where are his hands and his feet? Where is his voice? What well, am I saying? Look at your life. I believe it's the day we need to deal with those heart issues. See what's going on in your heart and your life. And deal with them. It's not a time to be complacent. It's not a time to be passive. It's not a time to be timid. It's a time to rise up and be who God has called us to be. It says we are the light of the world. Light shines brightest in the darkest places. Do you know as, as the world gets darker... We should get brighter. We come with the light of God. And I'm going to close with this little illustration. Who can tell me what I have in my hand here? Can of tomatoes. Can of tomatoes. Can tomatoes. Got a can of tomatoes here. 
What I didn't show you is this. Why is it labeled this if it's empty? You know, we can learn something from this that labels doesn't mean what the contents are. Labels can be on people. And see, if you're labeled a believer, but you're empty, you're good for nothing to that person you're trying to minister to. Jesus said it, good for nothing. But, let me ask you this. What do I have here? A can. <laughs> a seal a seal can, yes. I mean we can we can all guess at what this is, but you really don't know what it is. But I took the label off so I know what it is. Let me ask you, putting a label on this, does it change the contents? When this thing's opened up, what's inside has nothing to do with the label. What's really important in the believer's life is what's inside of us. Because if what's inside of you is salt and light, you're going to please the Father and you're going to touch lives. See, a nation has changed one at a time. Disciple by disciple. Winning the lost. The Great Commission. Following through with what God's called us to do. You need to check your insides. Are you empty? Are you running on empty? Is the joy of your salvation gone? You need to get before God and just worship Him a while. Thank Him for saving you. For loving you. Start with a thankful heart for all that God's done for you. Refuse to be lukewarm in these last days. Refuse it. Don't be empty. Be full of God. Be full of God. And let others know His great love for them. Because He loves you and I so much. The love of God constrains us constrains me, constrains you, that we minister to our fellow man. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for today. Thank you for our children. Thank you for all these adult leaders and our camp and our, and our youth. And Lord, we just thank you that we are a family. And God, we want to be wise in these last of the last days. We want to see this nation strong, but it starts with us. It starts with us being serious about praying for this nation. Not putting it off, but each and every day lifting up this nation. Father, it, it, it takes us, the church, being the church the body of Christ being planted being committed 
Lord, it, it takes us to take those natural responsibilities of, uh, of voting and vote and, and do the things we need to do, even if it means running for office or getting involved in politics in some way. Wherever it is, Lord, we want to obey you. And we want to be that salt and light. We want to be red hot for you. We want people to know how awesome you are. What a good God you are. Strong families. Strong marriages. Redeemed lives. Life's never the same because of the transforming grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. If today you've never called upon Him, if you never accepted Him, I want you to know God is pulling on your heart right now. He's in love with you. And He's saying, come home. Come to me. I don't know if I'm saved. Well, we can make that plain. If I was to ask you, how would you get to heaven? And you said, well, I believe in God. Believing in God is not enough. It says that the devil believes in God, but he's not going to heaven. You say, well, I hope so. Hoping won't get you to heaven. What does it take? It takes a surrender to his lordship. Jesus made it plain in John 3. Said you must be born again. What does that mean? It means you give him all your heart and life. You turn it over to him. And you start following him. That's what it's about. And the Bible says when you do that, you're a part of his family. On the inside, God changes your spirit. And you belong to him. And when you die, you go straight into his presence. That's you. not going to ask you to come down right now. We're just going to pray corporately. But that's you. I want you to lift your hand right now and say, will you pray with me? We'll all pray together and say, I want Jesus today. I want to get this straight with God. Thank you, Lord. See that hand anywhere else? So I want to get it right today. I don't want to go another moment without you in my life, you in my heart. Thank you, Lord. Let's, let's pray together. Yes, see the other hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just for a moment. We all came the same way. It's just I see that hand. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? We're just going to wait for just a, a moment. If that's you, say, I'm going to make a commitment right now. need you. I want you. I surrender my life. Okay, we're going to pray. Let's all pray together. Say, dear God, thank you for the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. I have missed the mark, but you took my sins for me. You paid the price and the love for me. And I surrender my heart and all my life to you. I call you Lord. Thank you for saving me. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's give the Lord thanks. Thank you, Lord.
If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.